Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 97. Welcome to the Secrets of Real Estate Investing Show, where you'll learn powerful strategies from top experts to take your investments to the next level. Here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing. We have with us today a very down-to-earth man. I'm really excited to have him on the show, Mr. R.J. Bates, who has done all kinds of different real estate investing, and I can't wait for him to share his story and his successes and what he's learned along the way with you today. So with that, welcome to the show, RJ. Thank you for having me, Holly. Oh, I'm so excited to have you. So why don't we start with you telling our listeners a bit about your background and how you got started in all this. Absolutely. So back in 2012, uh, I made the decision to become an entrepreneur and I, I started a business with uh, my partner, Cassie DeHaas, and it was not in real estate investing. Uh, we were a consulting agency for general contractors. And uh, from there, I, I gained the idea, hey, why don't we actually become a general contractor or a roofing contractor so our employees can get some experience. And uh, from there, we got hired by real estate investors to do the remodels and their, their finish out on rental properties. And I quickly learned that um, I was not in the right career path for myself, and I fell in love with real estate investing. Um, I'll never forget one of the first rehabs we did for a real estate investor. He was telling me about a wholesaler who had sold him the property, and I asked him what that meant, and he told me, well, this, this guy went out, he found the property, and then he sold it to me so I can do the work. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, so this guy found the house and sold it to you and made a spread and did no work this seems genius. And so uh, from there, I just did more research. And um, that's when we uh, decided to attempt to uh, flip a house. And uh, we, we successfully flipped our first house. And then I learned more about wholesaling. And this was towards the end of 2014. Um, we actually got our first property under contract and uh, attempted to wholesale it. Uh, didn't know what I was doing, got it under contract, slapped it on Craigslist within a, a couple of hours. Gentleman called me. He was at the house, said, hey, I, I got to get in. And I said, I, I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh, my goodness, this guy wants to get in. This is actually working. And he's like, oh, the, the back window's open. Let me crawl through. And I'm freaking out <laughs> because I'm like, this is not how this is supposed to go. And uh, he's in the house and he's like, okay, I'm ready. I, I'll do it. I'll take the house. And at that point in time, I was, I was sold. I, I knew that this is what I was going to do for the rest of my life. So uh, on that first deal, uh, we made a $7,000 assignment fee. And uh, the day of closing, when I made the $7,000, I was uh, doing a roof project in Denton, Texas. And the entire project was for $7,000. And I just had that coming to Jesus moment where I was like, I made $7,000 profit wholesaling this property and now I'm going out and I'm sweating, I'm carrying shingles and all of this to, to make a total of $7,000. And uh, I just, I made the decision right then and there that I was going to be a real estate investor for the rest of my life. 
Awesome. Yeah, my husband will talk about brain jobs versus body jobs. And the roofing job was a body job. You have a lot more risk of injury unless you're one of those guys crawling through the windows, which my <laughs> husband has done plenty of that too. Oh, did I say that out loud? No. Right. If it's just open, you know, it's just Exactly. They they're inviting you in, right? <laughs> That was a unique moment. Uh, I, I didn't quite know what to do. I, I didn't know what to do at all. You know, I, I didn't even really know how to, to find a, a cash buyer for a wholesale property. I just looked it up and one of the easiest ways to do it was posting it on Craigslist. And so that's what we did. Uh, very quickly learned that there's much more that goes into wholesaling. And I was lucky on that first one, but it did work out for us. Well, you make a great point there, which maybe you didn't make intentionally, but in this business, as in all businesses, you don't know what you don't know. It's like you take this first step and they're like, okay, what do I do now? And then you take another step. So like, I love when you have other people, you can ask for help, like mentors or friends or peers right. or whatever. Cause even now I've been doing this thing 10 years and I still come across like, holy moly, what do I do now? I've never had this before. So yep. yeah, you're always learning if you're still doing business. So that was your first deal. Very, very good. That's exciting. Um, what about, um, can you tell us about your best deal? Yeah. So um, there, there's a couple different choices that I have there. Um, I, I think we'll talk about the, the one that's most recent. Um, it was actually a 69 uh, property portfolio that we just purchased in St. Louis. Um, that was, it, it was such a unique experience. Um, the, the deal was actually brought to, to one of my partners. Um, he's not a part of Titanium, but we have uh, done joint venture deals on rehabs and other rental properties and a lot of co-wholesales together. And uh, he got brought this lead in St. Louis and uh, he actually presented it to someone um, to be a potential uh, private money investor and she misunderstood and she actually went out and she purchased it herself and uh, she got in a little bit over her head and and she tried all of the properties needed rehab and uh, these are very low equity high cash flow properties in in st. Louis and um, she she had never rehab that many properties or done anything remotely before. And so she got to the point where she was just mentally distressed. And uh, she, she came back to my partner and I and said, you know, I'd love to, to sell these properties. And so we actually got an opportunity. We put together a, a package deal with um, a couple of other financial partners and we were able to take those down. We're currently rehabbing them now. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, the reason why I consider that such a good deal for us is because of the the amount of passive income that's going to create for us probably for the rest of our lives. We don't have any intentions of ever selling those unless you know we do some kind of ten thirty one exchange and something bigger and better. Um, but it, it's just uh, one of those situations that uh, it was kind of an eye opening experience for me and realizing how much that can impact my life and now it's kind of become an obsession of mine where our new goal is that we want to be able to generate a hundred thousand dollars net passive income a month that's really like my sole goal and everything that I do we still wholesale we still rehab properties but all of that is to create revenue so we can take down long-term and short-term rentals to create that passive income 
Very cool. And what do you spend a hundred grand a month on? <laughs> uh, you know, I'll worry about that when I get there. Um, I, I like to set high goals because it, um, it motivates me. That's, that's one of the ways that I get motivated. Um, it, I could easily make that number something much smaller and more easily attainable, like 10 or $20,000 a month. And, and I could live a great life doing that. Um, but I have high expectations for myself. I'm young. I, I think that this is what I'm, what I was put here to do. Uh, I know that sounds kind of silly to some people because it's not like some life changing. I'm not a doctor or somebody that's going to change a bunch of people's lives, but I do uh, think that I can create generational wealth for the rest of my family. And, uh, it's, it's just a passion of mine. Awesome. I love it. So can you give us a little more details on that? Like you say, 69 units, was it 69 single family homes? Yeah. Are they vacant? Are they occupied? Is it a mix? How much does each one bring in? Just give us a little bit of info at least. Yeah. So it was uh, 68 single family homes and then one vacant lot. All of the properties were vacant. They were all distressed. They all needed rehab. <laughs> Um, so we're going to be able to rehab those. Um, it, it should turn into about $25,000 a month net passive income. Sweet. So, so and that's seller financing? Oh. No, no, we're going to, uh, long-term rentals. So just, and most of them are, uh, section eight rentals. Um, so, and that actually kind of helps us in that market because it's going to be the guaranteed income. We know what the rent rate's going to be. Um, and we've seen that there are, they're very easy to rent out. Um, I think the first one that we uh, put out there for rent, I think we ended up receiving 76 applications within the first weekend. Um, That's a little overwhelming. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which was awesome because it was like, well, there you go. Now we have enough uh, applications for all of the properties that we have. So, Oh, that's uh, sweet. Yeah, or you can say um, maybe the rent was too low if they've got that many applicants, huh? That is true. It could be, but I, I think we're – Honestly, uh, we were very conservative with our analysis to begin with, and we're actually being able to get more rent on each unit than what we estimated. We were estimating somewhere between $750 to $800 per unit, and uh, right now we're getting somewhere between $850 to $900 per unit. Sweet. Okay, so my question to you on seller financing was when you bought it, did you get seller financing from the seller? No. You had to pay cash for it or use a hard money loan? We or? did take out a hard money loan and then we used uh, some private money for the cash close. Cool. Yeah. But I can see why you would interpret it that way because a lot of people do buy things and then sell or finance them instead of right. lease them because they don't want to deal with the uh, maintenance issues. And they say, well, if you do sell financing, you don't have to well. do that. So Absolutely. I love that strategy as well. It's just not, not what we wanted to do with these just because we saw the potential of if we keep them long term and, and we didn't want to run into you know, people either, you know, doing cash out refis or eventually paying off the notes. Uh, we wanted to keep them long-term. Yeah. Don't pay off those notes. Keep that income coming. <laughs> exactly. I get that. I get that. Okay. So my last deal question for you is, can you share with us one of your worst deals or 
lesson learning opportunities, assuming you had any of those. I know maybe you didn't, but. Um. Absolutely. Um, we, we have had a couple of deals that were not so great. Um, probably the one that um, I felt the most pain on and I'm still feeling pain on is uh, we did our first remote flip. So this was down in San Antonio, Texas, which is about a three and a half, four hour drive from Fort Worth. And uh, same partner that is in St. Louis was our partner on this one. And, and what we ran into was, is we were not prepared. We did not have the appropriate boots on the ground for this. Um, we, we did our due diligence. We, we got referrals on the general contractor that we, were, we hired, um, but they did not handle the, the project appropriately. And uh, I ended up having to travel down to San Antonio quite a few times early on in this project. Um, we went well over budget. I think everything in the house, we've probably done three to four times. Oh, um, literally. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's been miserable. And um, then we couldn't sell the property. It, it would oh. not sell. Um, oh, so, but there is a moral to this story. And the reason why I share this, because most of the time I would just keep this one as a secret to myself, but um, we did find a way to kind of stop the bleeding is we turned it into a short-term vacation rental. Mm. Um, we put it on Airbnb. And so the only thing that we really had to invest in was furnishing the house, um, getting furniture and all of the kitchen supplies and bathroom supplies. And uh, we've been able to put it on Airbnb, stop the bleeding, even make a little bit of cash flow on it. And now the, the neighborhood that it's in is actually, there's a ton of money being uh, dropped into that area from the city of San, San Antonio. And so hopefully we'll, we'll receive some appreciation there and eventually be able to get majority of our money back out of the deal. So nice. um, even when deals go completely south and, and you know, it's been a, a huge financial loss for us, there's still a way that you can salvage deals. Sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes. I just sold one with a big fat loss this week after holding it for um, way too long. So, I mean, but my advice to people is don't ever do anything. Don't invest in something you can't afford to lose. Because I, I remember a guy sitting across my desk from me once. His first or early on deal, you know, was here in Southern California where he paid like eight or nine hundred for the house and improved it and was couldn't even pay back his private money lender and hard money lender. So mm. don't go in too far and too deep, especially on your first one. Absolutely. Don't do anything you can't afford to lose. <laughs> so tell us, um, you kind of alluded, you've been flipping Airbnb. What's your business look like now? Flipping, rentals, sounds like you're still doing everything, huh? Yeah, so obviously our main goal is to acquire as many uh, rental properties for the passive income that we can. Um, but our main source of revenue right now is wholesaling and fix and flips. Um, we are in multiple markets. Um, we're in all of the major Texas markets. So DFW, Austin, San Antonio, and Houston. Um, but we also own rental properties in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then of course in St. Louis. And then uh, probably one of the topics that everybody likes to talk to me about is we also invest in Hawaii um, as well as Phoenix, Arizona. I don't want to forget my, my partner in Phoenix would give me a, a hard time if I didn't mention that. But um, in Hawaii, um, I'm, I'm lucky enough to, to be able to invest in that um, location because my childhood best friend since fifth grade, who is a contractor 
lives uh, on Oahu. And so it was kind of a match made in heaven where we got to partner up together, start a business. And, and I'm the, the real estate brains and he's the construction brains there. And so we do own a couple of rental properties in Hawaii. Um, we, we have several rehab projects going on there as well. And we're even attempting the wholesale now. So, and oh my gosh, you probably have to travel there. Don't it, you? Every now and then it's I, required. You gotta, absolutely. you gotta be your own boots on the ground sometimes. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, Elijah doesn't understand anything about real estate investing. So absolutely. Oh. Sometimes I have to go out there. Yeah. I mean, it's just a business <laughs> expense. It's just necessary. Right. I get that. I, I was trying to figure out how to do that too. Cause my daughter went to college on Oahu for almost two years over there. So I made a few trips over there, but didn't do any serious investing. Couldn't write them off. Darn it. <laughs> it, it is very difficult to get started out there. That's one of the things that I, I noticed. I mean, it's very much, um, there's a there's a home base feeling like if you're not a local to Hawaii, uh, they don't really want to do business with you. And and we felt that we figured that out the hard way. Um, so luckily, Elijah and and his team members that he has with his construction business has stepped up and kind of helped us get started. Um, it's nice. definitely not something that you can do remote. Uh, they hear my accent way too early, and they're like, "You're not from here." We, we nope. don't want to do business with you. So <laughs> They also don't like to share their waves. My daughter's a surfer, and yeah, she encountered that too. There you go. <laughs> don't want to share their waves, don't want to share their business. So beware, guys. Don't just think right. you can call up with your Texan accent and do business. It won't be Exactly. <laughs> cool. Okay. So I am most excited to get into a little bit of discussion about how you are marketing for deals and how you have expanded beyond the typical postcard mailers. So tell yeah. us about like what you were doing and what you're doing now. So this is yeah. awesome. So of course we have to do the direct mail and the cold calling and the door knocking and all of that stuff, bandit signs. But uh, one of the things that we've really captured and embraced in, in titanium has been uh, digital marketing, utilizing Facebook ads, uh, Google pay-per-click, retargeting, and email marketing. Um, we've seen that we, we actually get sometimes better deals um, utilizing the different forms of digital marketing. Um, a, a good example of that is, is I live in a house that I got off of a Facebook ad that we spent less than $100. Um, we saved someone from foreclosure. We captured quite a bit of equity in it. It was a newer home, did not need any rehab done to it. And uh, for, for less than $100, I, I got to move into a house that I love living in. And, and like I said, captured a bunch of equity. Uh, my partner's also done the same thing. Um, we have, we have gotten some of our best rehab deals and rental properties from Facebook ads and Google uh, pay-per-click. Um, it, it's just such a powerful tool. And I think it's so underutilized um, with it, real estate investors. So um, at this point, we've actually uh, created a new business, um, Titanium Digital Marketing. And basically what that's going to be is like a coaching program. It's going to be a subscription-based service. Um, where it's going to be right around $99 a month. And we're going to have weekly coaching calls and webinars, um, teaching people, other investors, how they can utilize the same strategies that we've used uh, that have been successful and actually how to create those Facebook ads and those Google AdWord um, ads 
to achieve the same results that we have. Awesome. Okay, going back to one of the first things you said, in case someone, I think this is really cool, how you bought your house. Mm -hmm. I think you said before we hit the record button, you bought it subject to, is that right? Yes. So tell us about what that deal looked like. Did you have any arrears you had to catch up? And what does that mean to buy a deal subject to? (laughs) So I'm by no means a subject to expert. So, uh, and and I will say this disclaimer, every state is different, has different laws for this. So uh, if you're listening in a different state than Texas, definitely check with your attorney before you do this. But here in the state of Texas, um, what we did on this was uh, there were arrears on this. I think on my house, there was right around $12,000. So they were, $12,000 delinquent on their payments. Uh, We had to catch those up. And basically what they did was, is they signed the the warranty deed over to us and gave us power of attorney over the property. Um, And what we were uh, liable then for was their existing mortgage. So it stands for subject to the existing mortgage. Um, So basically we were um, then liable for their existing mortgage, which it was a significant amount less than what the house was worth. Um, but they were days away from foreclosure. So wow. our benefit to them was, is we're saving them from foreclosure and, and we still know them. We, we now know that they've moved on and they've gotten a new house and gotten a new mortgage. Um, but yeah, they signed the deed over to us. They give us a power of attorney. We go file it down at the, the county courthouse. It costs like $36.00. We make up the back payments and then you're liable for the monthly mortgage payments there on until whatever your agreed time is. Some people keep the existing mortgage for the length of the term. Um, for us, we always tell them that we will pay off their note within two years. So oh, on this okay. one, um, we actually refinanced out within six months of me moving into the house. So at this point in time, their mortgage is completely paid off and I have my own mortgage on the property now. Well, and a few significant factors in that for listeners that are considering doing this themselves. The subject to deal really only works if the person in the house doesn't need their borrowing, that borrowing capacity. So I'm just going to make up some basic numbers. So say the house was you know, the mortgage was 500 grand and they needed that to go get a new mortgage somewhere else. They can't, they're still on the hook for that, you know, until RJ or whoever refis and gets them off. And it really, a lot of times if they're behind, their credit is trashed and they can't get a new mortgage anyway for a significant length of time. Or, um, I mean, I just saw a deal recently where it was an older lady. She didn't care. Like I could have probably done the whole subject to thing, but there was enough equity in it to flip anyway. But definitely look at that. And if you don't know how to look at that, learn about it because that is a much cheaper money source than hard money if you're going to flip houses. And if you're going to hold it as a rental, if they don't care about getting their mortgage paid off, what a sweet deal that you don't have that on your list of liabilities. I mean, sure, right. you're still going to take care of it and pay it. But you know, as you accumulate more and more rentals, depending on where you are and what your situation is, you can only get so many loans in your own name a lot of times. So keep it in someone else's name, huh? (laughs) Yeah. And the other thing is, is make sure that you completely understand their situation. You know, most of the time I don't bring up subject to unless they're extremely distressed and they're, they're near facing foreclosure. I'm not going to go into someone that's missed, you know, one payment 
and and they have you know somewhere sometimes up to you know a hundred or a couple hundred thousand dollars of equity and ask them to lose that if the numbers make sense for me to do it another way the only time i'm really going to bring up subject two is when it's it's a really extreme situation and i feel like that's the only way that i can help that person out uh, that's well, kind of my personal feelings on it and you can just to, to add one more thing to that you don't have to take over the mortgage and give them nothing i've done it lots of times yes. where i pay them out for their equity but i'm just so happy for a bank loan at four five six percent which is cheaper than hard money which for me here is going to be at least nine percent so i'll do that and that works great when you're flipping too if you say hey i, I plan to pay you off in about six months He's like, hey, you'll have it off your name. But yeah, it's really important to make sure people know what they're doing because I bought a deal from a wholesaler probably five years ago. And the seller was a doctor in Los Angeles and it was for a rental out in the Palm Springs area. And this doctor did not understand what he was signing and doing. And of course, I'm removed. There was a realtor in between everything. So I didn't say, hello, Mr. Doctor, do you know you're leaving the mortgage in place? But when the deal was done, he was like, Holly, when you pay, why is this mortgage on in my name? When are you paying it off? I'm like, um, mm. that was never part of the deal. We have a contract for it. And it was like two and three wow. quarter percent interest. So I didn't want to give up that mortgage. So yeah, I mean, I, I feel really bad for him, but you brought up a good point. I want to go back to it to, to make sure people understand what you meant by that is there was, there's been multiple times where I've gone to a seller and thought subject two was the best play, but they had so much equity and they've even said, if I could walk away with 20 or $30,000 in my pocket that I would be willing to do whatever you need me to do. And so to your point, yeah, I'm going to keep the four to 5% interest rate. And then I tell them, I even show them exactly what we're going to do. Hey, we're going to come in, we're going to do paint carpets, kitchens, bathroom. We're going to sell your house for this much, you know, based off the days on market, it should be 60 to 90 days before we get this done. I will give you the $30,000 when we close on the property in the back end and they are perfectly fine with that. I've done that multiple times. I've also, if it's low enough and we're in a position where we can financially do this, I'll give them whatever they're asking for up front. You know, let's do a subject to, I'll give you 10 grand today and you walk away and it's, it's now my property. So yes, you don't have to not give them any cash. You can definitely, you know, compensate them. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So cool. Well, um, we're getting here near the end of our show. So listeners, I know um, RJ mentioned that he's doing this new digital marketing company. How exciting is that? Because he's had a lot of success, obviously, and he's going to start sharing and teaching others how to do it. So he's putting together a little top tip sheet for you so that you can get started with this if you haven't, and you can get that downloaded at hardhatholly.com forward slash 97 because we are show number 97. And you can also text to the number 38470. That's 38470. You're going to text hard hat with no spaces. And if you text me there, you'll get this week's download and access to all of our prior downloads as well. And I'll just shoot you a text once a week, letting you know when our latest show is live. So text to 38470 hat. So RJ, do you want to talk anything more about um, your tip sheet and like a few general ideas that um, you'll be teaching people? 
Yeah, so to give a little bit more information regarding that company, uh, my partner, Jean Ginsberg, is going to be really the digital marketing expert. That's, that's all she does is digital marketing. I'm just bringing the, the knowledge and the influence on the real estate investing side. Um, so I'm by no means claiming that I'm a digital marketing expert. Um, even though we have had success with it, it's just going to be bringing uh, the real estate investing knowledge. Jean's going to be the one that's really going to be the face of the company. And uh, we will be providing, you know, some, some tips regarding what we've utilized as far as Facebook ads, Google pay-per-click and retargeting um, things that we've found success with. And uh, we would love to have people jump on and uh, help us get started with titanium digital marketing. Awesome. So we'll have the information on the download about that. But if they want to get more information about that, just directly from you, how do people reach you? So I can be reached so many different ways. Um, you know, you can find me at probably the best way to find me is on Facebook, just RJ Bates the third. Um, I also have my own podcast, the titanium vault, um, which by the way, since we're live and we're recording Holly, I have to have you on there. So I would love that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so well, you can reach me there. Um, and then also, uh, titanium investments on Facebook, or you can go to titaniumprops.com. And then just to continue with the tradition, I have to tell this story. The first podcast I ever did was with Joe Fairless. And uh, I was so nervous. I had no idea what to expect. And uh, 30 minutes in the interview, I was still completely nervous. And he's like, okay, RJ, how can people contact you? And it just caught me so off guard. I was like, you can call me at 817-915-6860. And after I got done, I was like, I cannot believe the way I told people to contact me was they could call me and I gave my <laughs> cell phone number, but I bought two properties from giving my cell phone number on his podcast. So now every time I do a podcast, I give out my cell phone number. So that's Sweet. reach me. Okay. Say the phone number one more time. So everyone knows it's legit. What's hey, the cell phone number? It's 817-915-6860. I wrote it down myself. Awesome. Well, you've been awesome. As we um, get ready to sign off, what is your advice that you would give to people that are new or starting out or struggling? What's your best advice for them? Don't treat real estate investing like a hobby. Treat it like a business. Um, you, you have to really inundate yourself into this industry if you want to have the success of people that go on these podcasts and, and come out and you know create this brand for themselves. Uh, it did not happen overnight. Like you said, you've been doing this for 10 plus years. Um, I, I've, I've worked, you know, anywhere between 60 to 90 hours a week since I got started in this. And, and I don't ever feel like I'm working because I found my passion, but that's my, the main thing that I see people do is they come in, they treat this like a hobby and they end up failing because of that. What excellent advice. Definitely, definitely true. <laughs> Got to treat it seriously. Well, thank you so much. It's been wonderful to hear some of your stories and your advice. You've been fantastic. So thanks so much for joining us and listeners get out there, take some action and treat this seriously. Just like RJ said. Thank you, Holly. Thanks for listening today. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review our show. And let us know in your review what you'd like to hear more of. For the show notes and free downloads for this episode and all others, go to hardhatholly.com.